on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. I was tweeting. Sorry, we had some news come across there that I wanted to tweet right at the top of the show. Always on it, baby. But hey, welcome aboard. Glad you're here. Happy Tuesday, everybody. ESPN Radio. If you're listening here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, fantastic. Glad to have you here. If you're listening on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board. You can certainly... Uh, listen on the ESPN app, another terrific way to keep in touch with the program. You download the app, you find the Listen tab, you find us, ESPN Syracuse, and away you go. We shall go with you, my friends. All great ways to listen to the program. Here's how you sign, or here's how you uh, participate in the show. 437-7644, that's the phone number. Brent Dax Media on Twitter. Or the on-the-block text line is 288-0644. All great ways to get your voice heard today. We've got two guests that will join us on this program today. Coming up this hour, I'm going to discuss this right off the top of the show, but I want to get a perspective of somebody who can now act on this. We as consumers, for entertainment purposes only, no longer soon, for real purposes, can place wagers on sports if said states that we live in approve that, and I anticipate New York State will be one of them, though our guest that will join us in 15 minutes maybe can shine a light on that prospect. Then our guest will be Steve Greenberg from Del Lago Casino, which, of course, is right at the road, right off exit 41 in the Finger Lakes. It is one of four casinos in the state that have an easier road to start letting us gamble on sports in their facilities than some others do. While eventually I think they'll all be clear and we'll do it, and the United Indian Nation has already said, we're doing it, we're ready to go, and you'll see it soon. It's kind of an arms race that's underway now. I want to know what the steps are now for the many casinos in the state to enact this. So we will talk to somebody from Del Lago, as mentioned, Steve Greenberg, to give us a perspective on that process and how soon we could... Walk in and bet on whatever it is your heart's content. Though Uncle Brent tells you not to bet on sports, you don't listen to me. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, baby. So we'll talk to Steve about that later this hour. Chris Carlson, top of the next hour. 
in studio as well. We will certainly get more into the Carrier Dome renovations. You know, we came on the air yesterday. Maybe you hadn't read everything, hadn't absorbed it all. Uh, Pete Sala was on earlier today with Steve and um, some other guy that's on that show with them. He's got glasses. He's a Yankee fan. It'll come to me. Pete was great, offered a lot of perspective and details on what he could and gave us a broad view of what's to come. John Wildhack, Syracuse Athletic Director, is going to hang with me in studio on Friday. So we'll have more of our questions answered and more perspective from him. He'll be back from the ACC meetings then. So I think he can add some things to the conversation. But Chris has been writing about this, has been on this story, has given us great coverage on Syracuse.com. And I still have a few more things that I either want to circle back on or I still have questions about or, you know, things you have asked me out there that maybe Chris can shine a light on. So we'll have Chris in studio not only to talk about that, but a couple other SU-related things as well. We are looking forward to that, including something that uh, Chris wrote about today, the over-unders from Vegas. Speaking of sports gambling being legal, four and a half is the number for Syracuse football. Now, our natural instinct is to take the over on that, right? But recent history would tell us not to. So we will get into that. Seth was, I remembered his name. Seth was not here yesterday, so we will go on the blind side today. Ten questions, don't know what they are, but we shall do them. Hot takes, as usual, including Robbie Cano, don't you know? 80-game PED suspension. Bye-bye now. Hey, have you guys got on the bus before we dig into the program today? This is a great thing. See, now Father's Day is in our sights. Or if you know someone that has a birthday coming up, or you just want to treat the Mets or Yankees fan or you're a Mets or Yankee fan and just want to go on the bus, we have got this great deal going on. So thanks to our friends at Bob's True Value. The Bob's True Value bus is heading down for just $115. We will give you tickets to Mets, Yankees, Sunday, June 10th, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball at City Field. You will get a ride, a nice comfy ride from Frank's Frank's Tours to and from City Field. Don't have to worry about driving. You can... Relax on the way home and certainly on the way there. Our friends at Camp's Pizzeria are going to feed you on the way down to Queens. Go to ESPNSyracuse.com. That's where you get this deal. That's the only place you can get this deal. ESPNSyracuse.com for just 115 bucks. pardon me. You get all that. Tickets, transportation, parking. We will take you there. We will take you back. We'll feed you some prizes, some fun stuff going on. And only a limited number of tickets will be sold. So get on there now at ESPNSyracuse.com. So this sports gambling thing is something that just fascinates me, and it's something we're going to continue to monitor. And we'll bring this up with our guest coming up in 10 minutes about who's going to be the first in New York State to allow it. Those that were not first, when will they follow? What's the process here? Will New York hold this up, or will they be progressive and be on top of this? What will the professional sports leagues do to react to this? Something that fascinates me that I think we didn't really bring up yesterday, but should have, is how this affects a college town like the one that we primarily discuss here. Because there's a couple of things there. One is this can only add interest to college sports. Not that college football or college basketball need the boost. I think there's some other sports out there that are really going to benefit from sports gambling being legal because now those sports become more interesting. Not that 
there weren't people gambling on those sports before. And there are those that have that theory. I don't necessarily agree with this theory, but it's one to at least address. If you bet on sports now, you bet on sports now. Just because it's legal doesn't mean you're going to do it. My reasoning for disagreeing with that is convenience. To bet on sports now, you kind of have to go out of your way. You got to know a book or you got to know a guy. You got to go knock on the door, ask for Vinnie Boombots and give the password and you know, kind of look over your shoulder, right? It is point of purchase. It is convenience. That's why I want to talk to Steve Greenberg coming up here from Del Lago. If I can walk into a local casino and bet on sports, if I can walk into, and I'm just spitballing here, I don't even know if they're going to be able to do this, but if I can walk into a convenience store, like I can buy a lottery ticket and bet on sports, it's point of purchase, it's convenience. Can I bet on sports at a time in the near future like I can play quick draw at a local bar? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So you say, well, if I don't bet on sports now, why am I going to do it in the future? The answer is convenience. The answer is it's now right in front of you. Somebody asked me about this the other day. It was my daughter, actually. She asked me this question the other day. I don't want to give free advertising to a big-time national coffee chain, but I think you know who I'm talking about here because they're just putting up coffee places everywhere. And my daughter's like, why are they putting a said coffee place there when there's one right down the road? And my answer to her was point of purchase, convenience. I'm driving down the road. I feel like a cup of coffee. There it is. I'm driving down the road. I'm hungry. I want a Snickers bar. There it is. It is convenience. It is point of purchase. That's why sports gambling will become more popular. Not only point of purchase in the real world, point of purchase and convenience online, more particularly in that phone that's always in your hand. And this is something else I will ask our guests coming up. We'll have to write that down. That's a good question. See, because I think the process will be that I can sit here in my radio studio and I can bet on, say, tonight's Celtics Cavaliers game, and I could do it through an app through, say, Del Lago, just to use an example of somebody who we're going to speak with here in a few minutes. So when somebody asks or brings up the subject and says, well, why is this such a big deal? It's just my opinion, but I think ultimately this is the argument that will win out. It's convenience. Because it's not convenient to bet on sports now. You either have to you know, go find Joey Bag of Donuts or somebody that you know that does it on the side, or you have to go to Las Vegas, or you have to go somewhere where you can do it. Now, it depends on what we're talking about. There are OTBs. There are places I can bet on, air quotes, sports in this state. But if I want to bet on mainstream sports, well, that's a bit of a hassle. It's a bit of a process. Now, if this passes, and when it passes, and when it comes to be, thanks to the Supreme Court, because, again, let's stress here, this just does, you don't, make this decision and you can go gamble on sports in all 50 states tomorrow. It just gives the rights to the individual states to make that decision. There are lotteries in 44 out of 50 states in this country, which means there are six, there are no lotteries. So it's every state is different. Every state will go through a process and some will say that's the way it should be. That's what the Supreme Court of the United States said yesterday. A universal ban on this is wrong. It violates the Constitution. This is a state's right issue. So we'll see how that goes. But to circle back on on college sports, 
if and when this happens, thanks, think how convenient, to use that word again, it will be for you and I to gamble on Syracuse University sports. Again, not that some of you don't do this now, but if it's more convenient for you to do, you will do it. Now, we are in a passionate town that follows Syracuse basketball religiously for not just four months out of the year. I just tweeted the news that Robert Braswell signed his national letter of intent. It had been a verbal commitment, but Syracuse just put out the news that Braswell has signed a national letter of intent to enroll and play basketball at Syracuse. That's a little firmer, of course, than a verbal commitment. We talked a lot about him yesterday. We talked to Mike McAllister on the show about him yesterday. So he's going to join Buddy Beheim and Jalen Carey in the class of 2018. Another thing to note there, by the way, and we'll get back to this later in the program, because that news is just coming out, but we talked a lot about it yesterday. We are a passionate college sports town all year round in terms of following the product, but in the season, not everybody is. And the old adage, the theory there, of course, is, well, the NCAA tournament is huge because of brackets. Well, think how much more interesting certain college basketball games will become in November and December and January and February outside of March because now I can bet on it. Again, not that people weren't dead before, but now it's easier for me to do. It is convenience. I think this, and this is a whole separate topic, there are sports that are struggling out there. I'm going to give you an example. NASCAR. NASCAR is off the radar. NASCAR has never been hurting more in terms of television ratings, in terms of interest from the mainstream crowd. NASCAR fans are passionate and loyal and love their sport. It's not. I'm not talking about them. But there was a time when NASCAR was kind of riding this wave of newfound popularity, became mainstream, became fair weather, and was actually almost bumping up with the National Football League as number two in the country or three in the country behind baseball and football, however you want to rank them. That is not even close to the case now. Well, if it's easier for me to wager on something, it's easier for me to be interesting in it. The sports leagues that jump on this and capitalize on it are the ones that are only going to add eyeballs, and here's the thing with gambling. It's ironic that this is what gambling does, but you know what gambling creates? It creates loyalty. It creates routine. Casinos are one of the great studies of human psychology. I am I, I, When I go to casinos, I am fascinated because you know what casinos do? They unite people. Go to a casino, walk into a casino tonight, and what are you going to see? You're going to see all ages, mostly older people, but, you know, certainly a mix. It depends on what day of the week it is, I guess, a Tuesday. But, you know, Friday and Saturday, will there'll be younger people there, more people because they're not working. But by and large, I walk into a casino, I'm going to see all ages. I'm going to see all races. I'm going to see a mix of rich and poor and everything in between. You're going to see every walk of life in a casino. Casinos, I can sit in a casino all day and just people watch. And just, I'm fascinated by the motivation of people that are there. And, you know, the motivation's the same. I want to win the money, baby. It creates this very interesting psychology of loyalty to the casino, but more routine to try to win. Because you lose more than you win. And most people know this. That's why I talk about when you bet on sports to not bet on sports because you will lose. 
Ivan Drago said this to Rocky one time, you will lose. Well, Rocky won, right? Once in a while you win. And that feeling of when you win, it's the same thing in golf. For 90% of the time, golf drives me crazy. Yet I keep going back because why? When you hit that shot, when you make that putt, when you hit that birdie, there's no feeling like it, right? You're constantly chasing a thrill. You're constantly chasing a feeling. That's gambling. You are constantly chasing a thrill that more often than not will disappoint you. But when you hit, there's nothing like it. There's that that rush that you get. So, all that being said, I think that is only going to make college sports, in particular college basketball, even more popular, which I will not get into now, but I will say this. The issue of paying, air quotes, student-athletes just got that much more complicated. When this settles in and it is mainstream and it is routine and we're not that far off from that, how can you allow these athletes to be bet on, if you will, and not give them a cut of the action, right? It only adds another layer to that conversation. So let's continue this discussion, but from a different perspective. Steve Greenberg is going to join us next. He's a spokesman for the Del Lago Casino and Resort at the in uh, the Finger Lakes, Route 41, Waterloo, right off the thruway. They are one of uh, a few casinos in the state that can act pretty quickly on this. So what is the process like? How soon can I walk in and place a wager on a sporting event? How do we get from to what we heard yesterday to that point? Steve will shine some light on that and tell us about how this is going to work next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Well, get your best Rick Astley dance on, kids. You're on the block. Great to have you here. I'm fascinated, man. Look, I don't bet on sports. As you know, I occasionally make a lunch wager. I'll certainly fill out an NCAA tournament bracket and... I'll, I'll fall in that trap sometime. Trust me. I'm not an avid, not a regular sports gambler, but I get it. You bet on sports. And now it's going to be, in theory, if the legislature and certain government entities, and <laughs> counting on them, as we know, can be a frustrating process, kind of get their act together here. But I say that only half kidding because there's tons of tax money to be had here. They will find a way. They will regulate this. They will do it. It will happen. When is the question where? Seth and I were just talking about this during the break. Where will be the point of purchases? Will it only be in casinos? Can they start apps that you make through the casinos? Will it be like quick draw? Can I go to a sports bar? Can I go to a convenience store? Like I can pick up. I go home and go to a convenience store and there are many ways to gamble lottery i've got the scratch off tickets i got the quick draw i got the whole thing right will it be just that simple can i you know just stop on the way home put 30 bucks on the calves tonight like i'm fascinated how far this will go particularly in the state because it's a state's issue it's like any other lottery or you know even alcohol isn't it weird when you go to other states and you're like wait you sell beer and wine in the same store like in new york state you cannot sell beer and wine in the same store, right? There's certain Wegmans you go to in other states and they've got everything. It's like, oh, you can do that? They have beer stores. In I think I was, I was visiting my relatives in Colorado and they just have beer stores. That's it. All you can buy is beer. It's just 
But that's different states have different regulations. So what will New York State do with the gumbling? We shall see. Hit me with that fancy open now. Let's do this thing. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block. Just to follow up on that a little bit, according to Jeff Freeman, the president of the American Gaming Association, at least 18 states are already prepared to customize sports for purposes without federal interference. Five states, Connecticut, Mississippi, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and hello, New York already have laws in place. Steve just kind of told us about that a few minutes ago. Twelve states are expected to offer it within two years. Eighteen, including New York, will likely have it within five. So that's the thing. Like, you got to pass, you know, legislation and laws and regulations and how it's going to be taxed and where can you do it. And, I mean, they're not going to answer all these questions tomorrow. But if they're smart, they'll do this as quickly as they can. And Steve brought up a great point. I think we'd all like to see it done, you know, say before football season. That's hot. Yeah, Labor Day weekend. Can we get that done? Giddy up. Let's go. So while we've got NBA playoffs tonight, and uh, including in the NBA playoffs is a fascinating continuing story of how the Boston Celtics have not only made it this far, but now look like they're going to the finals. They're actually going after and guarding LeBron James. It's not one of these, we kind of let LeBron get his points and focus on everybody else, though that's kind of a wise strategy. So they're guarding him. They've got a good defensive strategy on him, and they kick Cleveland's butt in game one. You know what else we get tonight? NBA draft lottery. Ah, yes. The lottery. The awkward thing where people are sitting in a room who shouldn't be that happy to be in that room, but are that happy to be in that room. The likely number one spot, according to the odds, and as Han Solo once told us, never tell me the odds, are the Phoenix Suns. They have a 25% chance of landing the number one pick. Their top three odds are 64%. If they land in the top three, DeAndre Ayton seems to be the consensus number one pick, although Luka Donich, I believe is how you say this. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is in there as well. Memphis has a 19% chance to land the number one pick, a 55% chance to land a top three pick. The Dallas Mavericks are in there at three. 42% for a top three pick, number one pick odds are 13%. And then it goes like this in terms of odds to land the number one spot. Atlanta at four, Orlando at five, Chicago at six, Sacramento at seven. Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers, via their trade with the Brooklyn Nets, have a 2.8% chance to land the number one pick. Their top three pick odds are 9.9%, so the odds are low, but... Weirder things have happened these days. Hmm, LeBron James might be going somewhere after the season, and if you had to rig the number one pick for somebody, I don't know, maybe Cleveland might apply there. My thing with the lottery is let's see who's paying rent, and let's see who's more of a permanent resident, shall we say, more like a mortgage. Phoenix has been in and out of the lottery recently. It seems like Memphis... Dips their toe in and out, but they're back this year. Dallas is not a frequent flyer in the lottery, but here this year, it seems like the Atlanta Hawks, they had a nice run there, went to the playoffs and did some things for a couple of years, but they've certainly been here a lot. Orlando's always in the lottery. 
When is Orlando going to turn things around? The Chicago Bulls? Here's the team, though. You know who's always in the lottery? You know you can count on like a warm, fuzzy blanket. They'll be sitting there. They won't get the number one pick. They'll get like the fifth or the sixth pick, and it won't matter, and they'll take somebody who's going to be out of the league in three years. Ladies and gentlemen, the Sacramento Kings are always in the NBA draft lottery. Uh, The Knicks, by the way, likely to land the ninth pick. Uh, The Sixers, via trade with the Lakers, despite their great run in the Eastern Conference playoffs, likely to land the 10th overall pick. Their number one pick odds are at 1%. Trust the process, right? The Celtics could get a lottery pick. Could. Probably not, but could, based on a trade with the Lakers, and on and on it goes. So that's the question about the odds and who they'll pick and and what's going to happen tonight. Who's in the room is my question, because this just gets weirder and weirder every year. Owners used to go, and then they were sending the general managers, and then they would send, like, their kids. And I think they passed a rule or kind of cut back on that in recent years. But I was reading something today about, can they do this? I think, Seth, correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe this was just somebody being a you know a wise aleck and I bought it, because if it's on the Internet, it must be true. But I could have sworn I saw something that little penny is going to be in the room. Remember Little Penny? Remember the Little when Penny Hardaway was like the biggest thing in basketball for like five minutes? Remember the Little Penny commercials? I could have sworn I read something today. Little Penny is going to be in the room tonight, which would just make me happy because the weirder the better, right? The stranger the better, the more offbeat the better. Owners, kids, animals, puppets. You know, can we have like holograms in there? Like that's what I love about the lottery. No matter what they do, no matter how they splash it up, the fancy graphics, the sets they put this on, it's always just one of the more awkward things you'll see on TV. You know what that thing needs? That's hot. Speaking of the New York State Lottery, they need Yolanda Vega. I'm Yolanda Vega, and the number one pick goes to, I mean, you tell me that ratings wouldn't spike a little bit on that? Let's go. Giddy up. Come on. You're welcome, NBA. I just solved your lottery problem, if you had a lottery problem, which I don't know if you did, but if you do, Yolanda Vega can help solve all your problems, right? So this has been one of those things that's been kind of flying under the radar a little bit, and it's interesting why it is, given the big name here. So Eli Manning and the New York Giants have reached a settlement in a fraud case. Remember this thing? A spokesman for the defendants, a group that included Eli Manning, the New York Giants, two equipment managers, and Steiner Sports, the company with whom Manning is under contract to provide game-worn jerseys and helmets for sale in Steiner Sports, Brandon Steiner, big SU supporter, big SU, uh, I believe he's an alum. Somebody can correct me if I'm that, but he's a huge supporter of Syracuse Athletics. So there was this lawsuit that went on about game-worn jerseys and helmets for sale and whether they were truly authenticated, and the lawyers went back and forth as, you know, uh, the, the case always pans out. The winner in all this is billable hours. Manning and the Giants had denied the allegations that they were not truly game-worn material and characterized the suit as, quote, inflammatory and baseless. In court filings, the suit claimed that two helmets purchased and uh, by the plaintiffs in the case included one purportedly used by Manning during the Giants' 2007 Super Bowl season were bogus. Plaintiffs claiming alleged photographic experts using a technique called photo matching could not find evidence that the helmets were ever used in games. So they settled the case, blah, blah, blah. 
this brings to mind something that I like to talk about from time to time, and that is memorabilia and people that collect memorabilia and autographs and how this whole thing has taken on a life of its own. The memorabilia world, the collective world in 2018, to me, and I'm just going to use this word again that I used about sports gambling. To me, it is fascinating where it's at. Who's collecting and how? It's not just kids getting autographs anymore. It's an industry, Steiner Sports, people that have made millions of dollars doing this. And are you truly getting an authenticated thing? Unless I see Eli Manning sign that helmet, and how do I know what helmet it is? And, you know, I get these emails once in a while about these auctions, about jerseys that Ernie Davis wore back in the 50s. And, you know, and I just wonder about, like, this whole industry and this whole process and how into memorabilia people are and the lengths they'll go to get certain things. You always hear stories like once every couple of years about the Hannes Wagner card that, you know, only goes up in price every time it goes to auction. And it's like, I don't know, I guess if I had that kind of money, you can't take it with you. Yeah, here's $4 million for a rare baseball card or something. But that whole world to me is there's been documentaries on it. There's plenty of stories written about it. I'm not a big memorabilia guy. I'm more of an experience guy. And I think I am kind of biased in the conversation because getting to do what I do working in sports, you get those experiences, you meet people. And, you know, my view of this has been tainted, certainly, right? I get behind a lot of ropes. So that kind of thing, that kind of access and meeting people, getting autographs, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm numb to it now. That's just kind of part of this line of work. But the lengths people will go and you hear stories about how people won't sign things because even if they're kids, like they're, try, they're getting autographs for like brokers will pay these kids or their families. But like, hey, go get, you know, so-and-so's autograph. Here's 50 bucks. There's like strategies behind this. Like I could do a whole week's worth of shows on how shady this can be. And if you're buying this memorabilia, where it's oh, it's just it's to me it's fascinating. So in the midst of all this, Eli Manning, Steiner Sports, and the Giants had to settle a lawsuit because they were accused of uh, of the stuff not being authentic. That's hot, and Eli. I remember when the story broke. Like wow, Eli, that'd be like the last guy you would anticipate that would be involved in something like this but it just goes to show you this is america and people will sue you for anything right 437-7644 brent dax media on twitter the text lines 2880644 we're gonna take a break we're gonna get an update from seth chris carlson's gonna hang with us in studio coming up looking forward to that plenty of carrier dome discussion on the way kind of a follow-up to yesterday and some things that we really didn't get into that i want to get chris's perspective on he's been writing about these Carrier Gnome stories and doing a great job on that. And I'm sure you still have questions about this. You're uh, more than welcome to call them in and see if Chris can answer them for you. So we'll do that coming up. We'll go on the blind side today because we didn't do it yesterday and so much more on the way. Stay tuned. Thank you. Bye-bye.